2: is what a great day right what an absolutely great day for football make no mistake about it we are 24 hours out from the start of the national football league right buccaneers and cowboys we appreciate everybody coming aboard the national football show as we do each and every single day Monday through Friday four to six eastern time thank you so much for coming aboard OK, hey, really, man, I appreciate it. Like you guys coming aboard and adding the content. That's what we do here now. OK, you know, I, I found myself talking to myself. You have to understand something about an old school sports radio guy like myself. Do You understand that I sit in a room by myself that's padded with no windows, like people that like ha- that, that are in like um, mental asylums. Okay, that's kind of what they're – the only thing missing is a straight jacket. That's what I do. But now what we've done here because of the new show we have and the new format, we allow you guys to bring some content to the program. You know what content means? Conversation. And that's what you guys do here on the National Football Show. We so appreciate it, like I said. And by the way, Tony, Tone, I mean, appreciate you coming aboard. We'll get to you here in a second. Anything you guys want to bring up, we got, like I said, 24 hours to the start of the NFL season. College football already has some big news already. And Deshaun Watson, the latest on him. We'll always start out with Eagles because that's kind of where we're based and we kind of work out. Anything you guys want to bring up about the birds, please have it. We welcome your comments. I mean, look, I can't wait for Thursday night. We had Bruce Arians on with us yesterday. That was dope, wasn't it? Muhammad, appreciate you coming aboard. Yo-yo to you too, brother, as my friend Ice Cube would say. Thank you. So let's get here. Rick Goslin's going to join us. He covers the Dallas Cowboys for Talk of Fame Network, and he used to work for the Dallas Morning News, and he is also a Pro Football Hall of Fame voter. He's covered the Cowboys for the last 35 years. Him and Randy Galloway are probably the biggest voices in Dallas when it comes to that team. Here's a question to you about Dak Prescott. You think Jerry Jones is sold on Dak Prescott, or do you think Jerry Jones had to pay market value for Dak Prescott? And basically what I'm saying is he had to settle. You think Jones settled? Because, look, going into that Thursday night game, Okay, going into that Thursday night game, I look at Dak Prescott and go, you think he's really a top 10 dude? I don't know. So we'll talk to our friend Rick Goslin from Talk of Fame Network. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. Anything you guys bring up always gets pushed to the front. We're going to talk my NFL MVP candidates. We're going to do three of those guys. Howie Roseman had some comments. Two were not named captain. With the Miami Dolphins, is it a big deal or no deal? My top 10 college football teams, I put my ballot in a couple nights ago. I'll tell you how I see that. Also, Atlanta versus Philly. Let's start it off here. Smile says, Cowboy OG, Zach Martin out, confirmed. I'm not sure yet. I have not heard. I heard the latest is he still may be a go for Thursday night. So I'm I'm not sure on that. Okay? Muhammad says that Dak Prescott was signed for that contract because of market value. And I'm assuming, Muhammad, when you're saying that, that, okay, when you look at him, you're not thinking he's a top 10 quarterback, right? How about this? Do you think there's a shot that one day maybe Jalen Hurts could even be better than Dak Prescott? I think Dak's an awful accurate quarterback. I'm not sure about What we see with Jalen Hurts yet. Tone says, has your score prediction shifted at all? No, I got 28-20. No, no, did I? I said 26-20, didn't I? I said 26-20, I think I said, yesterday. Correct me if I'm wrong, Tone. I thought I said 26-20. Um, Eagles win that football game in a tight one. So, yeah, no, it, it hasn't changed. Nothing's changed. Not at all. I, I still think the Eagles are a little bit more talented. And you know where I think they're more talented? And we'll get into that game here in a little bit. I think they're more talented in the lines. And I, I do believe that you have a... Now, look, I'll say this to you. I think Brian Flores is a better coach than Nick Sirianni and his coaching staff right now. You can't say... you You couldn't say when you're talking about... You know, the coaching staff, when you're looking down at Miami and you see what Miami has, right, there's a good coaching staff. Now, I think what really favors the Eagles going into this Falcons game, I think that it's a push when you're talking about coaching staffs. Joey B, appreciate it. Heard the Dolphins pick tapt- captains out of a hat. Did they? Hey, hey, Trevor, I didn't hear that. By the way, that would be a brutal way to pick a captain because being a captain on a football team and being chosen by your teammates out of a hat, I mean, that's absurd. I'm not picking my captain out of a hat. When I say that I want this particular guy to lead me in an NFL locker room or a college locker room, or for that matter, a high school locker room, any room, I want it to matter, and I want you to know what I said. I don't want it to be secret ballot. I want you to know I think that guy could lead us. I want to follow him. What's wrong with being honest? I don't need secret ballots for that. Have some balls about yourself instead of being people that have unnamed sources like in our stupid media. Well, yeah, you know, unnamed sources are saying, that this guy's a jack wagon. I, don't, I, don't, I hate those people. Put your name on it. Put your name on it out of a hat. Not picking anybody out of a hat. Tone, Tua not being named captain is a big deal. They don't believe he can lead them in Ward Tone, I'm with you on that. I think it's a big deal, too. I think it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal that Tua was not named captain going into his second year. Okay? And he's not a team captain on that team. You know why? Some of the stupid comments that he made. He made comments that, you know, he wasn't prepared as much as he should have been a year ago. Bro, when you make it to the National Football League, you got to put the work in. And you got to put the study time in. That was one of my failures. I think it's a big deal. I, I, I think they say publicly the one thing that Howie Roseman wouldn't say about Carson Wentz. They're doing all that public backing, but they don't really behind the scenes with their actions show that they really have to us back. Am I wrong when I say that? The rumor mills out there that the Dolphins and the Texans have been talking? I mean, really. Right? I, I, I think they say all the things publicly. Like the State Department. Like, like, like people at the White House. Do we or do we not have a hostage situation? I don't know. I can't tell any longer. So just be real and just be honest here. But you see, that's a way to keep the value of Tua up. Joey B, veterans run the locker room. He ain't there yet. He's not tested. Nope, you're right. I mean, no, I'm just, again, me throwing this out. I believe Watson will be in Miami before next season we're going to get to that. Let me get to a comment here that Howie Roseman said and let me ask you guys what you think about it. So Howie Roseman, the general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles has come out, and you know what he said? He goes, "I'm sure someone asked the question, but it, tell me if you think this is an odd answer." And my 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 reference, I wish that I had known if he was asked this because here Here we go. Yeah, I believe that Jalen, I think he can play, and I think he can win. Okay. Doesn't that sound like somebody selling me something? I don't need to have Bruce Arians go, boy, this guy Brady can play. That's a given. Okay? This guy Brady can win. That's a given. Aaron Rodgers Russell Wilson It just sounds like you're selling something. Selling confidence? Are you BSing the fans? Was that co- that comment yeah, okay? Hey, let's 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 deduct it here. Howie Roseman was talking to the Philadelphia Eagle fans and telling you that Jalen Hurts in his eyes can play and he can win even though there's no backing to it, okay? And all, he do, well, all he's doing is he's doing coaches talk. He's trying to motivate. But when you do stuff like that, doesn't it come off contrived? Because people at Lincoln Financial will see if he can play or not. And then you got to come back and potentially eat crow on the fact that you think this guy was going to be a good player. And by the way, you got your name on this thing here because you traded up in the second round to get this kid, and now you're saying he can play and win, okay? General manager made another comment around the league like that today, and I'll get to that point. He put a coach on the hot seat. I'll basically tell you who that guy is in a minute. So when when Howie does that, I get nervous when people have to sell me a guy. Like, like when you get a job, especially in my business. You know what's funny? I won't say the name. Krause will love this one. I go, what do you think of this guy? You know what he sends me? He sends me audio of the guy. I knew right there he sucked. <laughs> I knew right there. I'm like this. That ain't happening now. No way, <laughs> hey, man. You're sending me Audio of the guy? Is he good or not? You beat a judge. I'm not, no. I want to hear what you think. I value your opinions. Why I freaking asked you the question. Here's a sound clip. I I didn't even, I listened to one second of it. I said, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. Yeah, man. (laughs) You, You don't have to sell me on people. You know, Fred Akers, the former uh, Texas Longhorn coach, used to have a rule called the 20-foot rule. You know what it was? He only needed to see 20 feet of a game film of a player, and he would always go like this. That guy's a player. I don't need to see film after film after film. You give me 20 feet of a guy's game film, and I'll tell you flat out if he can play or not. That's all you need to see. I don't need to see 70 practices. I know if the guy can play or not. You know, if this guy's going to be a good quarterback, like think of Baker Mayfield, I do this. I don't know. I see moments. Can't have moments in the NFL. You have to have consistency. That's one of the biggest things you have. You know, so, I mean, how he's in here doing this. Well, this guy's good. Trust me. I don't know if I trust you, dog. You blamed the last two years of the Eagles' failures on Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz. Am I wrong? Because the last guy standing is the guy who had to have been pointing fingers. You think the owner, when he was looking at the triangle, Wentz, Doug Peterson, or Howie, you know he had a come-to-Jesus conversation with himself, and he said, which guy is more valuable to my organization? Carson Wentz, Doug Peterson, or Howie Roseman? And the owner of the Eagles chose the GM. So the general manager right now is having to sell that roster to the owner. Am I wrong? You know, when you make a hire and you're hiring people and you bring them into the building and you're the guy that brought that in, what's the one thing you want to make sure you protect your own gig, you protect your job, you make sure you're not getting fired? So what do you do? Well, he's not managing them right. He's not utilizing his assets correctly. He's not coaching him good. When we hired him, we checked all the boxes with that guy. Maybe we don't have the right teachers in the building. That could be a, that could be a factor here for the Eagles going into 2021. How do you guys, do you guys know you have the right coaching staff? How, how do you know that? Okay? Just Mike says how he must have some you-know-what on him, the owner. <laughs> okay? Nah, dude. Why do you think you keep a general man? Let's take a look at the NFL and where general managers have the power. And I'll show you an instance here that that is a form of controlling the money. Okay? Watch this. Okay, in Dallas, the ownership is the front office. They're in complete control of the money and the roster on game day, right? Philadelphia, the general manager and the owner, are in charge of the roster. It's kind of why it's been fumbling. It's clearly why they fumble. And I say this to you, one of the reasons why, in Green Bay, that that situation is not more consistent in winning championships is because you're run by a committee and a board of directors. Okay? In Detroit, the front office is run by Ford Motor Company. I told you this yesterday. They don't run that thing like an NFL team. They run it like the Ford Motor Company. 78 different decisions and no clear clarity in the building. That's why the Lions never win. Because they run it like a, an automaker. 28 different floors, billions of people looking at and making decisions and throwing their opinions, who basically shouldn't have an opinion. The more clarity you get in a front office, okay, the less people you have to ask, what do you think of this? You know, I gave a, I gave a for instance, in a... Um, And and, and an example of this. Remember Mike McCoy used to be the head coach of the Chargers? You know Mike McCoy used to ask, like, the maintenance people over at the old San Diego Charger facility what he thought of a play that he was going to use in a game. What he thought about how they were doing. This guy's asking, like, the elevator operator, what do you think? I don't give a rat's ass what he thought. Hey, I'm going to treat people like people, but end of the day, man, I'm not asking you on my game plan for coming Sunday on what you think of a spread option pass. I could care less. I'm going to talk to people I trust in that department. You ain't one of them. Kind of not your gig, but there's people that do that. Hey, what do you think of this? What do you mean, what do I think of this? I think you're weak asking me. So when Howie throws that out, you know what he's telling you? And the Philadelphia media, we think he can win. The Eagles believe he's a leader. The Eagles believe Jalen Hurts is somebody that we can turn the keys over to. It's up to the coaching staff now to coach him. See that divide? That's what he does in the building. He divides the building. See. There's a personnel department in that building. And then there's a coaching staff department. And the front office has more cachet and more collateral with the owner. That's why they fumble. Well, the only thing now, though, I'll say to this is, well, at the end of the day now, you fired Doug. You got rid of Wentz. If this thing falls on its face, say at the end of the year, we're looking at an Eagles team. That everybody would go like this. Hey man, this, 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 team, this roster's better. And you and you win five games. OK? And you're five and 12. One game increase from a year ago. I don't know how you don't fire that guy. OK? And I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just don't know who else you turn to then, because then you're looking at a coach in the room. Then you got questions on the coach. The general manager is overvaluing, and I don't believe he's overvaluing. I believe his issue is let the coach hire who he needs to hire when it comes to his assistants. Jimmy Johnson told me this a long time ago. I don't care what kind of head football coach you are. If you don't have great assistants around you, you have no chance of winning. In front offices today, they want to be involved in that decision process when it comes to hiring coaches. They like throwing suggestions out. You know, when when I'm, when I'm building a cabinet, it's kind of like building a cabinet. I'm not going to put a guy in my cabinet because my party wants me to. I'm going to put a guy in my cabinet because I think he's qualified and I think he's loyal. I'm not putting him in because he's loyal to the front office. You see, that coaching staff in Dallas is also loyal to the ownership. How 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 loyal do you think Kellen Clements, um, the uh, or excuse me, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator in Dallas? How much do you think he's really loyal to Mike McCarthy when Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones hired him? Okay, I mean you're overselling me, Howie. You really don't. You really don't have. You really don't have to, man. I mean, give me a break. So I saw that. I was like, damn, dude, he could play? Well, no crap, man. He got drafted in the second round. He better be able to play. Can he win? How do you know that? Oh, that's what your assessment is. All right. All right. Let's throw this out here. Let's have some fun here. We're going to have some fun here today, too, by the way. Oh, by the way, the, uh, The Athletic put out, who the greatest football player of all time is. I can't wait to talk to Rick Gosslin about that too. Who they I I have five guys, okay, who the greatest NFL players are of all time. And I'd like your thoughts on that. As a matter of fact, you know, let's do that now. So we could set Rick Gosselin up, and we'll do the MVP in a little bit. Let me let me let me go to my list over here. I got my list here. Okay, five, the Athletic came out today and said Brady was the greatest NFL player of all time. I'll give you a chance to put them up there. Five greatest NFL players, in your opinion, in pro football history. Taylor, Trevor's got Taylor, Peyton, Barry Sanders, Tom Brady. I like it. Bo is one of the greatest athletes, Mike. If not the greatest athlete I've ever been on a football field with, it's tremendous. And get this, man. I, I was on a football field with him when I was at Maryland my freshman year. We went to Jordan Hare and we went there and played there. They had Lionel James and this guy, Tommy AG, and him in the backfield. They were really good. Pat Dye had a hell of a team that year. Here's my guys, my five greatest, best of all time, God, Chuck Bednarik, man, Ray Lewis, Jim Brown, Reggie White, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice is the greatest offensive player in the history of the sport, and it's not close. Brady, and the greatest football player of all time, Lawrence Taylor Change the position. Joey B's got Butkus, Montana, Unitas, Peyton, Brady. That's a great list. Let me get to Rick Gosselin. Let me see what he says about this. Keep throwing those out there. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: Hey Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right, you could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. Go now to Steersnacks.com.
1: I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things.
0: Joining in.
1: Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay
0: to be afraid.
1: As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward.
4: Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross.
5: On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you.
1: Seven, zero, three. One, two, three. Because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
2: Welcome back, National Football Show. Rick Oslin, Book of Fame Network will join us here in a minute. Also from the Dallas Morning News, he is a man that's covered the Dallas Cowboys for the last 40 years. As plugged in as you can get, Pro Football Hall of Fame voter as well. And we'll get his spin on Thursday night's game. Can the Cowboys, and I retweeted a story that he wrote, can the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers on Thursday night? I think that thing's a blowout. You know what, though? We've seen crazier things on opening week of the NFL. Hell, we saw some crazy stuff this past weekend when it came to the college football opening weekend. So that's the thing you just never know. Another year of maturity for Dak, he's coming off an injury, though. How many times outside of Adrian Peterson have you really seen a guy just get back up on the horse again, and all of a sudden, this guy is a rodeo king again? I mean, I don't know. He had no exhibition season at all. You know, he didn't really get a chance to throw the ball around a lot because they were concerned for his shoulder. We'll talk to Rick Goslin. and, you know, we threw this topic out because The Athletic had said, you know, they had named their top 100 players in the history of the National Football League. And I put down Jim Brown, Reggie White. White's the best defensive tackle that will ever be, okay? Smile says Aaron Donald is as good as it gets. I don't know. Smile, I don't think... Aaron Donald's better than Mean Joe Green. I I just don't. And I would look at this. I mean, he really is not that hot against the run. It's a different era today. I look at complete DTs, guys who rush the passer and dominate and win. Would we not agree? Mean Joe Green played on the greatest defense in the history of the National Football League. You won four Super Bowls in six years. And 22 guys on that Steeler team were together for that dynasty. When you had the Cowboys, the Raiders, all those great football teams, the golden age of football, me and Joe Green won four titles in six years, leading a group of men that is littered with Hall of Fame football players. He's the greatest Steeler of all time. There's no getting around that. I mean, he's right there, but Reggie's just – Different. Reggie dominated a football game. Let me start with Brown, though. Jim Brown, man. I mean, you know who Jim Brown was for his time? Jim Brown was like Wilt Chamberlain for his time. Now, look, I was not old enough to watch him play, but I've watched numerous games and films of him. And I've gone back and studied the games that he played, especially against Robustelli, my uncle. And I watched all those legendary football games against pretty good defense. And Brown was just like Will Chamberlain. I mean, he, he, he was just bigger than everybody, faster. Incredible. What was like the babe of the NFL during his time. Nobody was close to him. He was bigger than defensive tackles. Just an absolute tremendous football player. And as I said, Reggie's number four for me. I have never seen a guy dominate a football game like I've seen Reggie White dominate a football game. And that means you could have Joe Montana on the field and John Elway, and the best player on the field would be Reggie. Reggie was just amazing. That hump toss that he had, how many times did you see him annihilate guys with one arm and just throw guys that were 365 pounds on their head? I mean, he was amazing. When God was making defensive tackles, he left his hand on the shoulder of Reggie White just a little bit longer than everybody else that played the position. I've never seen anything like him to this day. Sack in every game he played, I mean, that was his average. I know Bruce Smith has the record with 200 sacks. He broke Reggie's record. And Bruce is a hell of a pass rusher himself. But Come on here. What we saw Reggie White do in Philly and in Green Bay, I think a little bit in Carolina, am I right? I think he ended it in Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. Reggie's some football player. These five guys, in my opinion, I think they separate themselves. Jerry Rice is the greatest offensive player in the history of the league. Here's why. You had to get him the ball. How many times do you think Jerry Rice touched the football in a game? How many times guys, you think Rice touched the ball in a game as an average for 21 years? How many what would it be? 5 times? 5 catches as an average? Would that be fair? 5 or 6 catches? Put that in the same perspective as a running back who gets the ball 28 times a game. Rice has 200 touchdowns. 200 touchdowns. Touching the football six times a game. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? Six times a game. As an average, catching that football for over two decades. He's got 200 touchdowns. The second guy, I think, is T.O. Somewhere like around 150. Rice is amazing. Greatest offensive weapon. The league's ever seen. That includes running backs. Incredible. Some would go, well, he had the advantage of having Montana and Young. Well, I turn around and go like this. You think maybe they had the advantage of having Rice? Those two. How do you think? How do you think Steve Young would do on the Buccaneers back then? Oh wait, that's right, he sucked. Number two, I got Brady. He's the all-time winningest guy. I mean, I, I, enough. I mean, Brady, as I said a couple days ago, is the Bill Russell of the NFL. Ten championship games that he, you know, he ended up winning seven Super Bowls, seven and three in those games. Hey, and at forty-four, he's the favorite going in this year to potentially win an MVP award. We'll talk about that here in a minute. And also, to solidify his resume even more, not that it needs anything else. I mean, really, how about this? What else does Brady have to prove? That durability was also something that maybe NFL teams back in the day overrated, that if you got to a certain age, NFL teams would discard you, and because the rules have changed, Brady's showing you the position has changed. Maybe, would we not agree? Can you name me an older athlete past the age of 40 where you went like this? That guy's a freak. He's he's just a freak of nature. Freak of nature. Let's see, Bonds, who else past 40? Give me an NBA – if I'm not mistaken, I think Jabbar got to 40, right? I think when Jabbar retired, I think he was 40, but Kareem wasn't that good at the end of his career. George Foreman, good one, who we've had on the National Football Show. Yeah, but Blanda, Ken, went into being more of a kicker. There were a few games that he subbed in for Ken Stabler, but – he really wasn't the backup guy on that football team later in his career. He was more the place kicker, and that was one of the reasons that when he retired, he retired the all-time points king. Is because, you know, he developed himself into being an even better kicker than he was when he was younger. I'm talking about a guy who's done it from day – I can't – can you think of an NBA guy in his 40s? Bernard Hopkins. Tone, probably, I'd throw that in there, okay? I, I, I would. I'd throw that in there. I think Bernard, in his 40s, ended up being somebody that, you know, we enjoyed watching. I, I If I'm not mistaken, I think he was in his 40s when he knocked out De La Hoya, okay? Oh, my God. Hey, Mike, Kelly Slater, the surfer, is that the girl with one arm I'm trying to think. There's there's a surfer that I had on my show at one time who is a champion. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of somebody in their 40s. Somebody else in their 40s. I can't think of very – Warren Moon. Warren Moon was one of those guys. Absolutely here. All right, let's get to our favorite guy. Yesterday we had a chance to talk some Buccaneer football with Bruce Arians, and we had a fun time. Now we get a chance to talk some Cowboy football with my dear friend, Rick Goslin, part of Talk of Fame Network. He just posted a great story, Can the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. Go over to his Twitter or my Twitter to read that story. We really appreciate it. And, Rick, I'm going to start you off here with something that came out of the Atlantic today they they came up with the top 100 players of all time here's my five ready here we go I got Jim Brown number five because I call him during his time the Wilt Chamberlain of football because he was just so much bigger than everybody else I've got Reggie White at four transformed the D-line position we've never seen a player to this day in his in his league I got the greatest offensive player in the history of the National Football League and Jerry Rice at number three. I mean, what do you think he averaged in a game for his 21 years? Six catches? This guy's got 200 touchdowns, (laughs) touching the ball six times a game. Six times a game. I mean, I got Brady number two, and I've got the greatest transformer of position and the greatest changer of a game. I've never seen anything like it when I was watching game film when I was a player. I got Lawrence Taylor number one.
6: I, I would go with Jim Brown, number one, huh. and then just fill then fill in the blank. You talk about a, a a transitional player. He was so much bigger than everybody that was playing back then. He was bigger than the offensive linemen, bigger than the linebackers, and he he won what eight rushing titles in nine years. Finished second the ninth year. He was he defined football in the fifties and sixties. So I I would put him at number one. I know what you're saying about Taylor and Reggie White. That's it. a good list. Uh, how, how high was your first offensive
2: lineman? I didn't have one in there in the top five. I was. I I would put probably Anthony Munoz number seven. If I was going to put a top ten, I'd say Munoz. I'd say Munoz and maybe Ron Yeri would be in my top ten. I probably have John Hanna in there. Okay, ahead of Yeri. It's a
6: good list. It's it's all subject to debate, but I would, I'm I'm old school. I would have uh, Jim Brown number one.
2: My, my he own, dominated
6: oh, the game like no one else Not, Eight rushing titles in nine years I mean he was he was a freak of nature
2: uh, Sam Huff told me When I was a kid He goes every time he hit you It was like you heard Like um, locomotive <laughs> bells Because And, and then he, he goes and You know what really used to piss us off the most with Brown He'd get off the ground like he broke his leg He'd go back to the huddle And you're like oh we got him here and then there he is going up the up the sideline nine two. Yeah, when, when
6: when Jim Brown hit you, he hurt you, and there are a lot of players that shied away from tackling him for that reason. He was he was so much bigger than than the blockers and the linebackers of
2: the day. It was it was he was tough to contain. You know, that's why I think I get a lot of you know joy out of watching a guy like Derrick Henry run the ball because he kind of yeah. runs like Jim back in the day with the stiff arm man. He that that Titans team brings you back to maybe those old, you know, Paul Brown teams that ran the rock the way they did, and that that's one of the reasons I do like Derrick Henry. Let's get into the Cowboys here. Okay. Um, you know, I, I I read something about about Jerry Jones saying something about Dak Prescott, and I know he does a show in Dallas there, and I know you probably listen to it when you get a chance, Rick. And you know, I, I, I'm wondering, you know, he's got such a love affair for the way that Tony Romo played, and I don't even know if he has the same love affair with the way that Troy played the game. And when he sees Dak, I'm wondering, did he sign the guy you think because of market value, do you really believe that he sold on him as a winning quarterback in the NFL? Do, do you think he's still 100% sold?
6: I think I, I've always felt that the Cowboys signed players because they didn't know what was coming down the road. They signed Romo because they didn't know who was going to replace Romo. They signed Dak because they didn't know if Dak wasn't there, who would the quarterback be? And this team has struggled since Aikman really to to establish that quarterback position as as many yards as Romo threw for. And twice they were the top seed. They never got to a conference title game. Uh, I think that they love the leadership, the intangibles of Prescott, and they think they can win for him, win with him, but I'm not. He's not. He's not Rogers. He's not Brady. He's not Breeze. He's not one of those true arm guys that's going to take you to Super Bowl uh, on, the, on the sheer will of his talent. But he showed what a great leader he was in Mississippi State, and they think with a cast around him, they can get there with Prescott. And Jerry's got to believe that because he's got 160 million dollars invested in him.
2: Let me ask you this: going into this Thursday game, and we had Bruce Arians on yesterday. And Bruce thinks they have a lot of talent on that offensive side of the football. But overall, Rick, I mean, going into that game, the quarterback hasn't really played a lot when it came to exhibition football. Maybe some organized uh, scrimmages he got some reps in. And, you know, he hasn't played since last October 11th, really in a a meaningful football game. So to you, how do you feel the Cowboys going into this football game on Thursday against the Bucs?
6: Well, he hasn't taken a competitive snap in almost 12 months. You know, we don't know about his mobility. We don't know if he's going to be able to get 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 away from the pass rush. You know, big part of his game was his legs, and and we haven't seen him in game action. We don't know what his legs are going to be like, what his mobility is going to be like. You know, if he's going to be a statue in the pocket, they're going to have problems tomorrow. You know, especially with Zach Martin missing. But uh, it's it's a bad matchup. And the Cowboys were historically bad in defense last year. They've got one really good corner this year, and the Buccaneers have three really good wide receivers and a really good tight end. I don't know if, if they protect Brady. I don't know how the Cowboys are going to cover all those guys.
2: Let me throw this at you, too. This offseason, they had hard knocks. you think that was good or bad for the team?
6: Not terrible. It wasn't even a good hard knocks. I mean, going back four or five years ago, it was hard knocks was, was must-see television. It was, it was kind of blah, I thought, this time. I don't think the coaches wanted it. I don't think there's a coaching staff in America that wants to have hard knocks. Uh, invading their 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 training camp, their locker room, their meeting rooms, uh, does it help or hurt? And inconsequential. And, and I think it was more of an annoyance for the coaches, if anything. But Jerry felt, uh, you know, it's all about branding. You get the Cowboys on uh, on hard knocks, and that just helps the brand of the of the most valuable sporting franchise in the world. This was Jerry's call, not McCarthy's call. How
2: about this? <laughs> do, do you think, Rick, that you know media are making more of it because? I just thought when I watched Mike McCarthy in front of a camera, I really thought that he was trying to act as a coach. I'm wondering if that's really Mike McCarthy, the coach, because and where I'm going here, and hopefully that made sense to you, is that the way he comes off to his players? Because if it came off to the people that were just watching it, like you and me, that he was acting – is that coming off like that in the locker room? And I'm just wondering because we all know who runs that team. It's the guy upstairs, right. and people answer to the guy upstairs. So maybe what I saw on Hard Knocks is exactly what the definition of the head coach of the Cowboys, really what that identity is. Am I off base when I say that? No, I, I think everybody
6: plays to the camera once you go on Hard Knocks. Everybody wants to give you that sound bite. I, I don't think that's – I think Mike is better. In front of the team when the cameras okay. are rolling. I think most coaches are. And I think Mike is a pretty down to earth guy, a Pittsburgh guy. He relates to players. He knows the players. I think that was a lot of that that you saw was probably for show more than anything else because he's not, he's a good football coach. He's not an actor.
2: Rick, why didn't the Cowboys make more of a pursuit for Cam Newton, in your opinion? what Or was there ever, Any kind of thought process, as you just mentioned, theatrics, you bring a guy like that with a gigantic name. Here's a guy that was looking at potentially wanting to make a a sign with Johnny Manziel and draft him. I mean, Jerry likes the show. I mean, uh, how come there wasn't more push behind that? Well, I think if you're going to spend your cap
6: dollars, go spend it on defense. You've already gotten a lead offense. Now granted, if, if, if any starting quarterback goes down, if, if Aaron Rodgers goes down, I don't care who the backup is. If uh, Tom Brady goes down, I don't care who the backup is. If, if Drew, Drew Brees goes down last year, you know, it didn't matter. If your franchise quarterback goes down, it doesn't matter who your backup quarterback is. You're probably not going to be a playoff team. It's an extended period of time. Now, Cam was not a good quarterback last year. He had more interceptions than touchdowns in a, in a pass driven league. So if you want to buy his legs, that's one thing, but you know, you with the receivers the cowboys have, it makes more sense to go out and get an elite passer than an elite thrower. And in Newton is not proven to be an elite passer.
2: Two last questions for you here, Rick. Sure. Um it it is the only way that this team wins, and this team is consistent this year, is if the Cowboy defense finishes in the top fifteen and seeks back to being a twelve hundred yard rushing uh running back, for them to have any true shot at being a playoff contender, in your opinion. do do they have to be around those numbers and not really Dak throwing for big numbers, but those other parts of the team coming to the table? Well, to simplify it for you, if Elliott contends for a rushing
6: title, I think the Cowboys can be a playoff team because that will make your defense better. That will take some of the passes off, uh, off uh, Kellen Morris' play sheet. I think the key to this team's success is is Elliott. If he runs the ball, they're they're controlling the clock for 32 to 33 minutes a game. I just couldn't figure out last year when your quarterback goes down, the whole offensive load shifts to the running back, but it didn't. He was getting 12 and 14 carries a game with, with Andy Dalton and, and Ben DiNucci at quarterback. They've got to feature him. They've got to get him back to where he's com- competing for rushing titles and having 100-yard games, and that will take the pressure off Prescott, and it will take the pressure off the defense. And I think if he's running the ball like that, the defense would be playing less and playing better.
2: All right, final question for you, and I was glad to see Dick Vermeil was the candidate this year. He'll be a guy that's going to be considered for induction into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. How was that discussion, if you could help us out here? Because, you know, I, I had gone around the room with Jared Bell. I had talked, you know, to Jason Cole. You know, I talked to Jason a lot. And, you know, they were all making great cases that Vermeil took over a horrific football team um, in Philadelphia. He took over a horrible situation in St. Louis. And he won in Kansas City. I mean, if you're looking at the pure 500, 520-something, whatever it was, Rick, you're not really seeing the true essence of what Vermeil's coaching ability was. I mean, did it come off like that in the room that you guys overlooked the low win percentage? Yeah, I think he was viewed as a worthy
6: candidate. The fact he went to those three teams. You know, I personally thought Buddy Parker should have been a guy. I thought Buddy Parker should have been in the centennial class. I thought Buddy Parker should have been the nominee last year. I thought Buddy Parker should have been the nominee this year. Buddy Parker was Jimmy Johnson four decades earlier. He he, he built a team. He, he built a team that won three championships. He won two as a coach, and he left a team that won the third. He resurrected a Steeler franchise that had never won. He won 59% of his games, got those three title games. The only other championship Detroit won was 1935, and Buddy Parker played in that team, had both a touchdown and interception and in a title game. I thought Buddy Parker is the great overlooked candidate. It should have been. It should have been resolved in the Centennial class, but it wasn't. And I think he's unfinished business. You know, we granted for Bills a worthy candidate, but I thought Parker was a better candidate.
2: Yeah, um, that's great that you go back and you you reference back to those kind of coaches back there because I love that. I mean, if I'm not mistaken, fifty nine percent. That may be right around uh, the number. Maybe a little bit better than Parcells' number. No, I mean. of his wins. I mean, I think Bill was like around 560 or 568 or somewhere in there. So, I mean, wow, that's a great call there. Rick, I appreciate it. Thank you for finding time. NFL football starts up on Thursday. Thank you so much, Rick. Okay, then Take care. You got it, man. That's my friend, Rick Goslin. Listen, I agree. If the Cowboys are going to win, the Cowboys have to run the ball. If... Dak Prescott's throwing the ball for 390 yards a game. The Cowboys are going to be a five-win ball team. Five-win ball team. Have to. And, and, and by the way, you know what's funny? Is that Dak, you're paying all that money to. But he's not the catalyst on that team. In Philly, this is all coming down to the quarterback. If Jalen Hurts doesn't play well, that team is going nowhere. Let's take a brief time out to keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do subscribe right now
1: as a hard-working american you've never experienced how tough life can be until now a catastrophic injury while working on the job a personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story it's time to meet the fritz and beyond cooley law firm and managing partner brian fritz badly injured Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say we got this.
4: The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So, when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org.
3: Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huckin' Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get
1: scared sometimes. Of a lot of things.
0: Joining in
5: field of life first trust bank is there for you
1: Seven, zero, three. One, two, three, because
5: philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank
2: welcome back national football show Dance, guys are saying that um Jerry's more worried about branding than he is winning ballgames. There's a part of me that truly believes that. You know, know, Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, kind of reminds me of one of those diva wideouts. Like, I don't care if I win as long as I get my 14 targets. You know? If I get my 14 targets, how you doing, Mike? Thanks for coming aboard, brother. It's like, if I get my 14 targets and I get my seven catches and I get my 140 yards... That's a good day for me. What about your team? I don't care, really. Is the wide receiver position now become the most individualized position on the field? The quarterback knows he needs everybody around him, including his O-line, so he's not going to get in front of anything and say that, hey, man, this is all me. Wide receivers are, though. How many times do they throw bitches when people don't throw the ball at him? even when they're winning? Like, Beckham hates the fact he's in Cleveland. How could you not if you're him? How could you not hate being in Cleveland if you're Odell Beckham Jr.? Think of that for a minute. That team is better and he hates he's there. You want to hear this? I think a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. would love to be on a team like the Texans or somebody with a quarterback. Somebody with a quarterback that can get him the numbers. He's about numbers. That's what Jerry is. Jerry's about identity and branding and ratings, and that's what he's about. And you know what? At the end, it doesn't translate into championships. Loudest guy in the room is usually the weakest guy in the room, and that's what the Cowboys have been for 30 years. Mike, thank you. That's a kind compliment. Thank you. We got some talented people here at Jacob Media. I've learned one thing over the years. People I work with, Big sales doesn't trash. It's not what we do here. I'll trash other people. <laughs> yeah. Okay? You know? And for that matter, I've learned a lesson. Even people that have been not very good to me. What's the point? You know, you only live once, man. I'm not I'm not hating anybody. Okay? I'm not hating anybody. Make a decision. It's on you. It's whatever. You know? I'm bigger than that. Thank you, though, Mike. How do you know when Godzilla's in town? You could smell Cleveland on his breath. Boom! Boom, Steve Jones! (laughs) Boom! Worrying about branding. Yeah, okay. It's funny, isn't it? The Patriots never worried about branding. They just worried about winning. Okay? Just worried about winning. Yeah, I know. We're not very interesting. Oh, I know. We don't open our mouths. Oh, I know we don't really have outside of Gronk. It, it, it wasn't Gronk for Bill Belichick? What what wasn't Gronk probably his alter ego? How he saw in Gronk things that he wished he could do when it came to being a public figure. I always looked at Gronk as Belichick's alter ego. You know? If he could be one guy, it wouldn't be Brady. It, it, it'd be Gronk. Wouldn't we all want to be Gronk? Hey, being Brady, I think that's a little bit, you know, maybe too much pressure. Got to win championships. And you know what else you got at home? You know, you got yourself. Okay? ha <laughs> Hey, I, I I don't know what you got to – I I don't know what you have to perform at better, being with Giselle or getting in a Sunday NFL game with the Patriots and Belichick. What do you think is more pressure, Giselle at home or Belichick at work? I don't know, man. <laughs> okay, I don't know, right? Damn. See, when I grow up, I want to be Tom Brady. This guy's got the best-looking chick. He's got a great family. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars. He's got Giselle. Come on, man. Right? It's too much. It's just too much, man. I mean, look. I mean, like, so, so is this is like a Disney World or a Disney motion picture. You know those things we used to see on Sunday night? used to sit around the family and go, this is what it's like to grow up and be humble and be a star. And then all of a sudden, Rumpelstiltskin runs out or Johnny Stiffwagon, and you're like, that guy? (laughs) That guy who had a body like a scarecrow at the NFL Combines? That guy who ran a 5'8"? I ran a 4'8", okay? That guy ran a 5'8"? And he's the GOAT? Oh, wait a minute. So I was drafted ahead of Tom Brady at 56, and Tom Brady was nine, 199. Okay? Wait a minute. Brady was 199. I was number 56. Brady ran a 5'8". I ran a 4'8". And that guy's – they're, they're going to build two busts to him for Canton. One for Giselle and one for him. How you doing? Ducking and jiving. Ducking and jiving. Bang, bang. It's all good. <laughs> right? That dude's a goat, man. Where do you want to live, honey? Oh, let's live in Florida. I don't want to live in Boston anymore. Okay. What do you want to do? Well, let's go to Tampa and win a Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, on. I mean, right? That's the stuff you look around and you go like this. Wait a minute. How come that crap pans out for him? I can't even win the damn lotto tickets. And this guy wins the ultimate lotto ticket with Giselle and with the Patriots. Wise guy, how you doing, brother? Hey, I'm Tom Brady, Mr. Gooberville. The two biggest nerds I've ever seen in pro sports, Tiger Woods and Brady. They're nerds who became so great their nerdism didn't affect the women they were going after. They just saw these guys and they were like walking aphrodisiacs. Whoa. Look at Tom Brady. Every chick falls in love with Tom. Look at Tom. Whoa. How about Tiger? Hey, man, that middle iron of yours. Wow. Can you hit it far? <laughs> wow. Two goobers. You hear him talk? Like on a nerd meter, they're 9.5. And these guys got it all. Some guys, man, I'm telling you, I just, I don't know. The ultimate nerd in football, Tom Brady, the ultimate nerd in sports is Tiger Woods. Yeah, my glutes have to get activated. You know, when I'm at a Perkins, and I'm standing at the checkout counter, my glutes get activated. And they get activated to a point, you know, where they're, they're aimed at a southeastern direction. And then I can't control myself, and then I have to go for sex rehab. I mean, not, 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 even, not even Haney could fix my drive then. It was just too much for me to, to deal with. You know, I mean, because when the glutes get activated like that, it's a locked in effect. And there's actually dopes out there believing that. Glutes act. <laughs> the only time my glutes ever get activated is like after I eat too much ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I don't get a gross idea. Easy now. Okay. My glutes activated. Trust me, man. Mike Lutz, when they get activated, you want to stand clear. Think it's Niagara Falls. I done. <laughs> Holy cow. Let's get into, let's get into um, MVP voting. This is going to be a good conversation because I, 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 everyone's going, I know he's going for the old guy. He just got through just kissing Brady's ass. Well, you don't think it's going to be Jalen Hurts, do you? By the way. The MVP of the Eagles this year, guess who he has to be? Uh, Jalen Hurts. I, I was going to try to be smart, but um, now it is Jalen Hurts. If Jalen Hurts is an MVP of that team, Krause's magical dream will come true. It's a playoff team. Krause goes, hey, Sills? Sills. Telling you. You watch. I see big things out of this guy. Okay? Where's my uh, where's my buffalo balls? Hold on. He eats these buffalo balls, whatever they are, these mountain oyster things. Hang on here. Let me tell you. Jalen's going to kill it this year. Okay. <laughs> really? <laughs> big things? All right. We'll see. I still think, hey, let's get out of the gate against Atlanta. 26-10, I'll break that game down a little bit here on what I think that the Eagles have to do against the Falcons for them to pull that thing out on the road. And now they've got game film on Jalen Hurts. So, here, let me throw the MVPs out. You know, when, 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 you, when you do a list, and by the way, I just want you guys all to know this. I love list. I'm a big fan of List. Raj says, if this team gets four wins, it'd be a miracle. Wow. Raj, you think only four wins? Whew. Four wins. See, I, I, I said earlier, man, at the beginning, I, you know, I, I, said, I said five, six. But I got talked into nine. Raj, I got talked into nine. What up, Jay? Jay says Jalen Hurts is going to go off on him. Mike says seven to eight wins. Damn, you got – would we not agree? Think about this for a second. It's all good, Raj. That's a good thing. Don't apologize for that, brother. That's a good thing. Diehard fans, you know what a diehard fan is to me? Somebody who's going to go like this. Okay, that guy's not making it happen. And you can look at that guy like Raj and go like this. He don't hate the Eagles. He wants what's best for the Eagles. Those are great fans. He's not ever going to trash the team that he always roots for. You know what it's called? Loyal to the soil. You're always going to be loyal to the soil. Of the team in your area, no matter who's playing, no matter who has the wings on, no matter what goes wrong. So when you're critical of a team, it's all good. Stevie says nine Dallas wins. The Super Bowl just asking the cow. <laughs> oh, boy. Cowboys, nine wins. I think the Cowboys can win nine ball games. I think the Cowboys are a nine and eight team. Yeah, I think Washington's the best team in the division. I said that yesterday. Hey, here, here's my three names. I'm not gonna break it down like some Stunad. By the way, for those of you out there that don't speak Italian, Stunad, dumbass. Just in case you're keeping score, I done right. I get Mahomes at three. Kent Snod 4-12-1. No preseason play Threw another, a, a, a second year with a tie. I hate ties. I got Mahomes. I got the kid from Buffalo, Josh Allen. I think that guy's really good. I do, man. I think that guy's really good. I got 44-year-old Brady, number one. Why should it not be Brady? Is it because... The stigma of him being forty four? Really? Is that is that the only thing you're holding against Tom Brady? Is that is that the only thing you're holding against Brady? Is that Brady's forty four? You know? What 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 is the three and a half? What are you talking about here? I want to get back here. I want to take a look at that. Hey Dan, would you take the line Philly three and a half underdogs? Yeah. Wait a minute. I said 26-20. Cool. No, but I got the Eagles winning this game. Yeah, I'd take that. Yeah, I'd take that. I think the Eagles win the ball game. Falcons are favored, right? Are the Falcons favored? Stafford, and MVP consideration? Smile. It's funny you should say that. Look at what I wrote here to the side. I don't know if you could see that. That's exactly what I wrote. I wrote out there, I said, Matthew Stafford's got to be somebody who could be an outlier along with, along with Baker Mayfield. Okay? Along with Baker Mayfield. Raj, you think that Patrick Mahomes is the best player ever to throw the football. That guy in Green Bay is... I've never seen a guy throw a football like that in my life, as accurate as he is. Every year it's 44 touchdowns in like six picks or some insane number like that. Ken has Atlanta 27, Eagles 24. Falcons favored by three and a half. I can't believe that. So Vegas, Brady, Brady's a hell of a... Brady's improved so much throwing the ball since he came out of Michigan. He's worked so hard at his craft. He really has. Um, wow, the Falcons are f- three. In a- I can't believe. So get this. That means Las Vegas doesn't really believe in the in the Eagles, right? Folks, here's one thing you got to say about Vegas. Vegas, it, even here on Jacob Media, CBS. NBC, ESPN, everywhere. The greatest analyst in the history of football. These guys are in Vegas. Why is that? Because they put their, they put their money up. They set the lines. They lose hundreds of millions of dollars if they're wrong. Boomer Siason, if he's wrong, he jumps in his BMW and goes home. Same thing with me. You know, I, I, I turn off my show. <laughs> These Vegas guys, they lose hundreds of millions of dollars and they have to answer the boards of directors. So, right? Fixers. All right, we're going to take a brief time out. and we come back out, I'm going to break down this Atlanta and the Eagles game. We'll do it next You keep it here on the National Football Show.
3: Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. Go now to Steersnacks.com.
1: I get scared sometimes.
3: Of a lot of things.
1: Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say.
0: It's okay to be afraid.
1: As long as you face the fear. And keep
4: moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross.
5: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
1: Seven, zero, three. One, two, three. Because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia Bank.
2: How you doing, right? Huh? National Football Show, your boy Dan Cilio. By the way, you want to follow me on my Twitter page, at show. We really appreciate it. Smile says, Romo to Dez. After review, no catch. That was a catch. Come on, bro. You know that was a catch. They job the Cowboys. That was the Cowboys' best team since Jimmy's run when he, Jimmy Johnson was with the Cowboys. That was a good football team. That's the best Jerry Jones team that they lost when they lost that game in Green Bay, that's the best team they had. Tony Romo. There was a guy in here yesterday trying to tell me he's a great analyst. He's a good actor. What's, what he says is, you know, I mean, how would he know? Uh, playing Madden? Tony Romo's got two playoff wins, I think, in his seventeen years quarterback in the Cowboys. I don't do you want to hear something? Mark Sanchez has more wins. I think Joe Flacco has more wins. Joe Flacco and Mark Sanchez. Boy, am I reaching high. <laughs> I'm reaching high. It, my, my wife has always said it, by the way. God bless her. Today's her birthday. And, and she's always hated Tony Romo. He's not a good quarterback. because you throw for a lot of yards, doesn't mean you're a good quarterback. That's why I say that about Dak Prescott to you. I don't give a rat's ass that Dak Prescott throws for 400 yards. When you're getting run over, like we saw the Browns run over the Cowboys, and you're telling me they fixed that defense because they hired an overrated coach in Dan Quinn, and you think it's fixed? I'm sorry I'm not quite there yet. not quite there yet. Hey, Mike, he he won a lot of games. Hey, get this. You want to hear something else? That was crazy. Mike, he'd go up to New England and win ball games. Cox better have a great season. He's been so average for that money. Man, I'll tell you, Jay, injuries will play and wreak havoc on you, won't they? Fletcher's a hell of a football player, but man, you gotta be healthy when you're making big change. You got a big bag of money in your car every Tuesday when you're getting paid. You got to show up, dude, and not to the train table and not to an IR table. You got to get out there and play your ass off. All right. Here's what's got to shake out for the Eagles versus the Falcons this weekend. And I'll do more of a prediction as we get into Friday's show. Okay. Okay. I know it's going to be kind of a weird show because you know why I believe if I'm not mistaken, Friday, September 11th, and you know you got to always remember that day because that's kind of like our Pearl Harbor for the modern day Americans. And you know we'll, we'll we'll do something special and have some special guest wrapped around that whole thing. But I mean we'll do we'll do our previews going into the NFL weekend, and plus we'll do a little bit as we get ready for the Thursday night show. I'll do a little, you know what actually I'll do? I'll do um, Thursday Cowboys and Buccaneers here in a couple minutes after we do the um, Eagles and Atlanta. Let's do this. Let's break down how we look at both teams matching up with one another. Dre Dog says, yo, Dan, question hypothetically, if the Eagles shock me and the world and go, say 11 and six." Who looks worse, Wentz or Peterson? Well, the Eagle organization will look like they completely were in the right on doing everything that they did this offseason. They'll validate everything if that shakes out. And I'll say this to you too, Dre. It doesn't have to be this year. It could be How about this? How do you look at the situation between – and I'll throw this back at you, Dre. How do you look at the situation for Andy Reid when Andy Reid got fired and Andy Reid goes to Kansas City and he ends up winning a Super Bowl? How do you think they made the Eagles look? And Doug wins a Super Bowl. So when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl, think of this for a minute. Dre, when Doug Peterson won the Super Bowl, and they – hang on, Dre. But wait a minute here. Now you add this into the conversation, though. How did it look they fired Andy Reid and Doug wins the Super Bowl and Reid never won? Did that make the Eagles look better? I think it did. Even though Andy got to all those NFC championship games and that one Super Bowl. Doug Peterson, in my opinion, I, I, I thought he did a great job as coach. The organization just basically got, even the owner even came out at the end of the year saying just too many things just got in the way of the success of this team. And it's in the best interest to, you know, to, you know, part ways. And it was a really weird divorce, wasn't it, between the Eagles and Peterson. It was like in the best interest for all of us. You're like, "What?" What? So, Yeah, Jay, I'll tell you something though. Jay says nobody deserves anywhere near Aaron Donald's money concerning DTs. Jay, I'm not paying anybody on defense 20 million dollars. Unless he's a corner. Nobody else. I'm Seattle, that money that they gave Jamal Adams was so poor. You paid $20 million for safety? Really? $20 million for a safety, not me. I'll spread that out on my defense and create depth with my team with that money. I'm not spending that kind of money. New England never did. Stephon Gilmore is one of the highest-paid guys New England's ever had. Okay? They never had big money. Remember when Richard Seymour's contract came up? They dumped him. Every guy's contract that came up that had money associated with him. Remember? The Patriots knew that Chandler Jones was going to cost them money. What'd they do? They shipped his ass to Arizona. They didn't need him to win. They gave him to Arizona, and Arizona overpaid for the position. It's not because the player's not a great player, Donald and Chandler Jones and some of these other defensive guys like Khalil Mack. It's not that it's not that they're fine players. You're overpaying for the position. You don't pay that kind of money on a defensive side of the ball guy never touches it. I'm putting all my resources at least in a guy who has the ball in his hand. Aaron Donald never has the ball in his hand. He has no impact on your football team whatsoever when it comes to winning. What? Has he won? Got an NFC title. And in that Super Bowl, he was run off the field. I didn't even know he played the game. I thought he was injured. The Patriots beat him up in that game. They ran right at him. They ran right at him. They didn't even have to throw the ball in that game. They ran right at Aaron Donald. That's why when people tell me, he's like, okay, well, what if you get into a game like you've got to play the Titans? Let me say this to you. Titans versus the Rams, I'll take the Titans all night long in that game. I just run right at Aaron Donald with Derrick Henry. He's never shown a propensity to play the run. You're not going to stop that guy. And the Rams' front seven is not that good. It's him and everyone else. Doug did more with less is what Raj is saying. Yeah, and plus the meddling. Here's what shakes out. And here's the initial game plan I put on players' desk. If you're the Eagles, you want to limit Matt Ryan as much as you possibly can, to being on the team. Or, excuse me, being on the field. Okay? You don't want the Atlanta Falcons up near 65, 70 plays. You want them to be in the low 60s. That means you're talking about potentially 10 possessions. You're trying to limit as many possessions as you can because what's one thing Atlanta can do? Okay. The Eagles cannot get in a track meet with the Atlanta Falcons. You don't have the personnel. Who's covering Kyle Pitts, too, by the way, in your linebacking core? That's going to be interesting because I promise you, they're going to put him on the weak side of the line. Uh, on the, uh, um, he, they're going to put him on the weak side of the alignment. And your strong side linebacker and your best tackler is not going to be anywhere near him. And they're going to try to create mismatches with Kyle Pitts. And you got Matt Ryan who can throw the ball, former MVP. He's a good football player. So you do not want to get into a track meet. So what's the philosophy then for the Eagles going into this week to try to work on something that would be like a repellent for the Atlanta Falcons? What would that be? Well, what's your strength? Your, thre- your strength is in your lines. It's in your old line. You've got to do as much as you possibly can. At having seven, eight play drives, taking seven minutes off the clock. Can't have three and outs. Cannot have three and outs. Three and outs, that plays into the side of the Atlanta Falcons. Okay? And people are saying blitz. You want to blitz the Atlanta Falcons with your secondary? Really? You you really do, right? You want to blitz. You want to make sure. And if it's me, okay, here, here's something that you have to throw out at people, too, to understand the difference between the zone coverage and man coverage. If you don't have the personnel, which I don't personally think the Eagles have the outside linebackers to cover tight ends, and I don't know if you have the corners. Let me ask you, okay? No, sportsman, I'll get to that side of the ball here in a minute. I'm talking about stopping Atlanta's offense right now. Okay, do you want to do a press coverage? Do you want to do man coverage and bleed quick? Or do you want to do a zone coverage and have Matt Ryan throw all over the field on you? Either way, it's death if you're not going to get good coverage on your cornerback play at these receivers. It's going to be interesting to see how they use pits. I say this, weak side alignment, they're going to put him in that position because he can't line up on the best uh, defensive ends. He'll get annihilated. He He got... Hammered, I thought, in the SEC. And I thought Dan Mullen did a really nice job of moving him around in the lineup. And they always created a mismatch. And he was always seemingly wide open. Well, that's not going to happen in the NFL like that. He's going to have to get off the line of scrimmage. So we're going to see. But for me, if, I'm, if, if I am the Eagles, I play, I play a little bit of both, man and zone. Jam them. See, Matt Ryan is the best quarterback on the field by far. Matt knows this, okay? So that's going to be the real chess match. Philly's defense versus Matt Ryan. How do you keep that in third and long, and how do you get three and outs? You Got to work on that. And it all starts with stopping the run, too. Got to stop the run. Stop the run, make him one-dimensional, press him, and then some zone. You get three and outs, third and long. That's kind of where your mentality is, in my opinion. See, here's the problem: when you're blitzing Atlanta, when you're blitzing Atlanta, the quarterback knows how to handle with the, how to handle the blitz. Matt Ryan's a smart guy, man. He's not just gonna he's not just gonna fold up and go to the ground like Carson Wentz. That's not gonna happen. Dre's right. Ryan's a seasoned guy. Okay, front four has got to stay at home. Play your zone. Play your gaps. Don't give up gap integrity. Also, make sure you set the edge. Atlanta's going to try to get outside of Philadelphia's edge. They're going to test the edge on them. See if they can can get around the corner on them. So that's on that side of the ball. Matt Ryan's going to be the key to this game. If Matt Ryan throws for a boatload of yards, the Eagles are in big trouble. But if they can get three and outs, keep that – keep it around um, 65 plays. You're going to be in the conversation, like I said, 26-20. On the other side of the ball, okay, the, the Eagles' defense has, in my opinion, an advantage also in their line. I don't really think Atlanta's got a very good offensive line. I think it's spotty at best. So, when you say blitz, why would I blitz when I don't need to blitz? I can pretty much beat them man up. Every guy on the Philadelphia Eagles front four should be able to control this football game, barring any injuries. If Philly controls the line of scrimmage, you're turning Ryan into a one-dimensional guy. That's a good thing. That's a really good thing, is turning that guy into a one-dimensional guy. Now, if you're J- now if you're Jalen Hurts, I don't really think Atlanta's got a very good defensive line. So what do you do? Run at him. Run at him. Run at him. Third and short. Third and short. Always be in third and short. And if you have to punt, it's okay. You have the better defense. Punt. You may not. This could be a 2017 game. Muhammad's right. Run that ball. Run it as much as you possibly can. So, you've got to be third and short if you're Jalen Hurts. Like, you can't have this in a series. First play, incomplete pass, second and 10. Hand the ball off, three yards, third and seven. That'll kill you. That'll kill you. You've got to start off, in my opinion, I started off two runs in a row. And, and that stuff of getting him acclimated in a game, I'll get him acclimated in a game once I establish the run. The people who want to get their quarterbacks going, it's so dumb. The passing stat is the most overrated stat in history. How about this? How many times have you seen teams that throw for 400 yards lose games? How many times have you ever seen teams that run the ball for 250 yards lose games like never? I never see teams lose games that run the ball for 250 yards. You're in that 200 you're in that 200 yard zone, you ain't losing anything. You're controlling the clock, you're controlling field position, you're limiting the offense. How do you think the Buccaneers won that football game in the Super Bowl? Buccaneers kept him on the sidelines because they ran the ball with playoff for net. O-line established the line of scrimmage. Brady had to throw the ball for like what 150 some odd time, 150 yards or something like that? He didn't have a big game. He had big moments. And 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 by the way, here, help me out on something here. Maybe I don't, maybe, maybe maybe I need some Eagle lessons here. Maybe you help me out here. So let's just hypothetically, let's play a hypothetical here. Eagles win 10-7. Something like we saw with Florida, Georgia. You're not. This isn't the kind of fan base that does this. We didn't score any points. I mean, 10 points aren't going to do it. That offense sucks. 10 points ain't going to cut it, even though you go on the road, NFL, Matt Ryan. You're not that kind of fan base, are you, that you rip and slash and stuff like that. Aren't you glad just to get the win? See, that's me. I don't care how it looks. I, I, I'm one of those people that I don't care how it looks. Wins a win. That's right, Mike. This isn't BCS points in the NFL. I don't care if it's three to two. You kick a field goal and I get a safety and you and you beat me. I still lost that ball game. I, I don't care. That could might as well be thirty to twenty eight. I don't care. Right? Don't 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 get don't ever get. Upset with the process, always get upset with the results if the results aren't what you're looking for. Especially with you know what kind of talent you have on your football team. So again, just to recap here, going into this game, you've got to limit Ryan. Maybe do some press and man coverage. Do some zone coverage on your corners because I don't really believe that secondary is all that hot. Keep an eye on Ki- keep an eye on Kyle Pitts. You know, don't let him run free up the seam, which is the hash marks. Front four's got to play great. Keep him in third and long. That Got to keep that yards per game or yards per carry. I'd say at around 2-7, somewhere in there. You see, what NFL teams will do, they'll put up goals for you on a chalkboard. Want to keep them under 19 points. You want to keep under 250 yards in total offense. Things like that. You want to limit them to, like, 16 first downs or something. You want to, There's always a goal that you have. You have a goal sheet that's in your weekly playbook or your game plan. So that'll be put in there, and you're going to look at the goals and what your D is looking at. Sometimes those numbers are going to be higher because the guy you're playing against throws for a boatload of passing yards, but they'll turn around and they go, they can't run the ball. So... Yeah, So, and again, on the other side, Jalen's got to be able to establish the run. Got to be third and short a lot. Hey, and by the way, don't hold on to the ball. Incomplete passes are positive sometimes. How many times are you guys screaming last year when Carson Wentz held on to the ball too long? He'd get a sack and it'd be a 10-yard loss. How many guys were screaming on their TV sets, throw the damn ball away? Why are you taking negative yardage? All those sacks added up to negative yardage, man. Put his team in a constant bind with that. So that like so many times and I and I've played it out for you, a typical a typical eagle series. Okay? Kick the ball off, you get the ball on the 20, incomplete pass. Three yards on a carry, you're third and seven. He holds on to the ball too soon. Sack, you punt it. The other team kicks a field goal, you're down 3 nothing. That was a standard series for the Eagles last year. Hell, by the first 18 minutes of the game, you're down 10 nothing. Standard. So we'll talk more about personal matchups that are going to go on also when Friday comes around. All right, this Buccaneer and Cowboy game. Let me do this to you. This Buccaneer Cowboy game is going to be pretty interesting. And personally, I really don't think the Cowboys really are going into this football game with the mentality that they believe that they can win this ball game. You just came out of hard knocks. Team was kind of boring, which is okay. I don't mind my team boring. I don't want loud mouse. Okay, I don't want loud mouse. But what I also want is I want to see some leadership. Dak didn't get a chance to play a lot in the exhibition season. He really didn't. Okay, he didn't get a chance to play. He hasn't played since October 11th of 2020. The running attack has never been the same. So I would say this to you. The Buccaneers run the ball. Don't throw it. Run it. Run it right at that lame-ass cowboy defense. Run them over. You know, this is kind of what went on with the Miami Hurricanes when they took on Alabama. Last year, Miami got ran over by North Carolina. Two players at 250 yards rushing in the same backfield. And I will say something to you. The Canes never got over that, and that is a long-lasting ass-kicking when somebody just lines it up and beats the piss out of you. And last year, the Cowboys got ran over. Nine guys on that defense needed to be replaced. They got the kid from Penn State, fine. Looks like a fine ball player. I don't care you got a new coordinator. What does that mean? You still got the same fish in the bowl. Until that Cowboy team shows me they can play defense, I don't buy it. I don't buy it. Buccaneers run the ball at them. Play action pass, Gronk across the middle. Nothing crazy deep. It'll be open later in the game once you soften them up up the middle. You See, you take a tenderizing hammer, you pound that Dallas Cowboy middle, and you keep pounding, you keep pounding, you keep pounding, which you will. You end up wearing them out, and what happens? They start moving up closer to the line of scrimmage. And before you know it, Gronk's wide open or Mike Evans is running down the sideline. And they know that the greatest thing that Brady has that he had to teach, I think, even Bruce Arians. You know what that is? Patience. Patience. All right. We're going to take a timeout. We'll talk a little bit more about that Cowboy-Buccaneer game. Keep it right here on the National Football Show.
3: Hey, Eagles fans, if you're a subscriber to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, you are already registered to win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming season. That's right. You could win a pair of season tickets for the upcoming 2021 season just for being a subscriber. If you're watching and you're not a subscriber, do it now. Subscribe to the Jacob Media YouTube channel right now. What do you need to do? Subscribe right now. Go now to Steersnacks.com.
1: I get scared sometimes.
3: Of a lot of things.
1: Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear.
4: And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross.
5: On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you.
3: On three. One, two, three. Because
5: Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
2: Welcome back. National Football Show. Your boy, Dan Studio. If Hurts throws 23 completions, and he's shown 35 passes, the Eagles are in shootout and lose. Correct. Can't you – that team's not built for a shootout. I know you think because you have wideouts and Devontae Smith. That's not the strength of your football team. The strength of your football team is running the ball. Pass protection? I mean, come on, man. Get an unproven quarterback. Work him in here. Now, once again, the one thing that the Eagles are going to struggle with is establishing the run. Got to have a running attack, and you've got to be great in the red zone. That's one of the things that annihilated the Steelers a year ago because they weren't good on short yardage and in the red zone. Got to be good in those areas. It's one thing to go from 20 to 20. It's another thing to go from 20 to end zone. All those teams are spectacular at what they do and being able to move the ball. Got to be great in the red zone. I mean. He hasn't shown any propensity to be, how about this, at a high completion percentage inside that zone. Remember something, when you're a quarterback and you're going from 20 in, and I'm talking red zone in, you've got another defender on the field you have to deal with. You're dealing with 12 defenders because you've got the back of the end zone too. You can't have the open playbook. So on short yardage, you're not going to be doing a lot of play action. You're going to be just lining up and trying to beat the guy off the line of scrimmage. You've got to be at misdirections. In an NFL game, misdirection plays are usually mistakes. There's no player on that team that's dynamic like that yet. Could it be Devontae? Maybe. But they haven't established. They didn't, they didn't establish Devontae in the exhibition season. So you think just magically in game one against Atlanta on the road, you're going to be able to establish him like that? Hey, if that happens come Monday, I'll eat crow. If Devontae's nine catches, 142 yards, and he was electric, I'll go like this. Wow, that kid, man, I'll tell you what, that is – I want to see that. You know, I'm a guy that – I'm not really much when it comes to prognosticating that kind of stuff. Because I'm a reality dude. You're coming off a 4-11-1 and 11 in one football team. Okay? You got a weaker schedule. There's health on the team, which all plays into a positive. I'm, this is not trashing any – I always hate that when people say that to me. Well, you're trashing – I'm not trashing anybody. I'm talking to you. You know, it's crazy. This is the kind of stuff I get into with people all the time when I start speaking the truth on things and they say, well, you're controversial. No, like, like the stuff I said about Lamar Jackson years ago, when I saw him playing against the um, Chargers in the postseason, I was like, that kid sucks. He'll never be in this league in five years. He sucks. He can't hit the broad side of a barn. I was dead wrong. I came out and said I was dead wrong. Unlike guys like Bayless, you know who Skip Bayless actually thought was a better quarterback than Peyton Manning? Ryan Leaf. Remember coming out of college? Skip Bayless was the guy that was touting Ryan Leaf. This kid, Leaf, is this and this, and Manning never beat the Gators. What did that have to do with anything? I still to this day don't know. Do you know that John Elway had a losing record at Stanford? And so I'm like, dude, I'm, whatever that means. And some of these guys are going, oh my God, I had. I, that's why I'm not much on those. Like, you, you know, the people that do the draft coverage? <laughs> draft coverage. I like the guys who talk about teams that address the needs of teams after the draft. Giving grades? These guys don't even have a jock shrimp from the team yet. How do you know if they covered that? How do you know if that guy covered. Some of the mistakes that team has on it with a draft pick that's never converted his game yet from the college level to the pros doesn't even have a helmet yet. Don't you like those guys on Monday? Well, I think the guy, you don't know Jack. You have no idea. Maybe the kid was drafted in the wrong place. Seen that numerous times. Why'd you draft that guy? You're asking him to do something completely different than his skill set. DrayDog says, I'm your your realistic Eagles fan. Best case, Eagles could win NFC East, but they ain't beating the Bucs pack in most teams in the NFC West in the playoffs. That's a great topic. I'm going to show you something here. That's a great point. Watch this. Would the Eagles be – Favorite against the Rams. I don't think so. Here, let's take a look at this. The elite NFC teams. I love that. Let's take a look at that. I'm going to write this down. Rams. Would the Eagles be favored in a, in a game against the Rams? I say no. How about the Seahawks? Would the Eagles be favored in a game? Clearly not on the road. So let's make it at the link. Would they be favored at the link against Seattle? Saying no. Would the Eagles be favored versus the 49ers? I'm saying no. Buccaneers. I'm looking at playoff teams. No. Packers. No. So Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, Bucks, and Packers. So far, they're 0 for 6. How about the Vikings? I actually think the Eagles would be favored over the Vikings. How about the Cowboys? Would they be favored over the Cowboys? I mean, think about this. The Eagles aren't favored to beat the Falcons. That's what Vegas thinks of them. They're not even favored to beat the Falcons this weekend. So when we're talking about the elite teams, how about this I think the I think the Eagles split with the Cowboys. I do so i'm gonna give them I'll give them a win. I'm trying to think of another team. Bears aren't gonna make the postseason The Saints maybe maybe the Saints, and I think the Eagles would be favored in that game um the East would they be favor How about this? Would they be favored over Philly? I think they're gonna split that, so Washington, yeah, okay. Washington, so of the Washington Rams, Seahawks, 49ers, Vikings, Packers, Bucks, Cowboys, you're talking about a team that is going to be favored potentially in three of those nine games. Okay. So that means to me, are you really a playoff team? And the only reason that you're going to be in that position to be in that conversation at the end of the year is because of the division isn't like the NFC West or the NFC South, or for that matter, the NFC West. Smile says Washington beat the Eagles twice last year, and that's because, and how the division was really Washington's last year. And for the record, I think Washington's going to be better this season. I think there's a lot of talent on Washington. I think everybody's going to sleep on them. I I really do. I think Washington has a lot of talent. A lot of football talent. Hey, real quick here. This may be a little controversial for you. And I want to make sure that this lands right when I talk to you here, okay? I want to make sure I say this correctly because – I don't want anything to pop up back on me again like that guy did. Ready? That was supposed to host Jeopardy. <laughs> and they went back and found something in a podcast. I just started doing all these things. I actually like it a lot. i actually really starting to like this more than even what I do with my national radio show at night. I really do. I'm really starting to like this. I, I'm, I am. I'm even, I'm even pushing my own YouTube channel. I mean, it's, I'm liking this. The Krause has really shown me a lot here on how to communicate with folks. Well, Let me throw this at you here, and I want to make sure this lands right. Can somebody tell me why Deshaun Watson's not starting for the Houston Texans this weekend versus the Jags? Why is he not starting? You're paying him $38 million. He's not under suspension. Um, I guess he's kind of under investigation. You know, he's he's just there. What his cases aren't going to be heard until the spring. Is the NFL afraid of the public relations look? Is that what it is? Because. If you don't want him on the sidelines, why don't you suspend him? He's going to be a distraction. I'm not even is he going even to the game against the Jags? Is he going to be dressed? I think he has to be dressed, no. Or are you going to have him, like, not active? Why is he on the team, and why isn't he active, and why isn't he starting for you? If he gets hurt, you can't trade him. Well, why have him on the team, then? He's one of the five best players in the league. Smile, said, oh, so that, hey, Smile. So that escalator then hasn't kicked in until next year, $38 million. He's still on that rookie contract of 10 this year? Okay. He's not active? Why? He hasn't been suspended. He's not on the commissioner's exempt list. Why aren't you playing him? I mean, either suspend him or not well, he's got 22 civil lawsuits against him, then suspend him. Or can't you? Why hasn't the league – because, hey, I threw that out on my Twitter page. Just just someone answer that question. Why isn't he playing? And one of the comments was, and Dog says, it makes sense. It's common sense. If he gets hurt, you can't trade him? Okay, then why is he active? Or he's not active. Why is he on your team then still? Has it been that the Texans have been reluctant to move him? Or has it been that other teams have been reluctant to trade for him? Or is it a little of both? Because, tell me this, has this not been the weirdest case? How many times have we seen bad behavior get immediately addressed by the NFL? And and somebody was right on my Twitter page. You don't have to be arrested or you don't have to have um, an indictment against you in the NFL for the league to act with conduct. Those folks are right. Mr. Wink says FBI is investigating the women for extortion. Don't think the league has found him guilty. They haven't. They have not. Nick Casario today addressed it, and it's got to be uncomfortable for the new general manager of the Texans and David Culley, the new head football coach of the Texans, I have to address this all the time. Tyrod Taylor's starting. Okay. And get this. It's going on a week-to-week basis, he said. I'm paraphrasing what Canisero said. He says, yeah, you know, he's, I doubt he plays. What what? I, mean, I agree, Dre. This is it's bizarre. Just Mike says the Texans are asking too much without guarantees, and many unknowns. I, I, I think there's a lot in there too. I do. I'm I'm just saying. My 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 point is, where's the league and the NFL Players Association in this? Either the guy is guilty of a crime. I mean, do we not agree? They've completely paused this guy's career. And I'm not saying there's an hey, and know this. I'm not saying there's nothing to these cases. But what I am saying is, okay, well, if there's 22 of these things, surely there's something with context that you can hold the kid accountable for and you're going to suspend him for X number of games. Do you want to hear something else which is really crazy? I heard this from an NFL player's – Association executive. Are you ready? Guys, do you know if they hold some of these cases against Lamar, they may go first, second, third, and fourth times that he got in trouble because the amount of cases, they may expel him from the league forever. There's a conversation of that. Okay. Smile, he was only suspended 8 games from what I understand. Someone correct me if I'm wrong. I thought I thought Antonio Brown was only suspended 8 games. He came back for the second half of the season for the Buccaneers. I I, I thought Nate Ga- I thought he played 8 games last year for the Bucks. He wasn't suspended for the year. He was just out. Or maybe he was Smile, I, I I think there was something there. Or he was on the commissioner's list. Maybe he was. I, Maybe he was, smile. Maybe he was on the commissioner's list. So that guy did 10 times lesser things than what Lamar Jackson, excuse me, Deshaun Jackson, Deshaun Watson, is being accused of, and he's not been suspended yet. Think about that for a minute. Antonio Brown, Antonio Brown, No, Ray Carruth is not in prison. He's out. No, no, smile. That's right. No one gave him a job until Brady politician for him last year, and I think he was suspended for the first eight games last year, and the Bucs got him. I think the Bucs signed him, and then once his suspension was lifted, he played against the Saints? I thought it was something like that. I thought he played against the Saints. I'm just saying, man, this, this is bizarre. Like Dre said, this thing's bizarre, okay, on how they've handled this. So it's going to be a week to week deal. It's making $10 million. You're starting Tyrod Taylor and you have Deshaun Watson on your team. How weird is that? Hey, man, tomorrow's Thursday night football, Buccaneers and Cowboys, the NFL starts. I think that's going to be so spectacular. Man, I want to thank everybody for coming aboard. You guys are fantastic, as you always are. Hey, if you missed any of the show, please do me a favor. Go over to the Jacob Media channel and like the show, share the show, watch the rest of it, maybe the parts that you missed. We really appreciate it. Please spread the word, too. 4 to 6 Eastern time, we thank you so much for coming aboard. Krause, Big Joe, thank you, guys. Till tomorrow, 4 to 6 Eastern. Catch you on the flip side.